0: Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I am Eli.
1: And I am Lilith.
0: And today we're going to be talking about Potima Inverted and some other stuff.
1: Yeah, mostly Potima Inverted though. Because it's, uh, well it's one of Eli's favorite, uh, anime movies.
0: Uh, Not just favorite anime movies, favorite movies in general. I don't really really? differentiate between animated movies and non-animated movies, but... Fair enough. I I've seen roughly. I I'd say this is a good estimate. I say because I have a list that I've been writing them down, but every so often I'll forget. Like just today, I remembered the Secret of Kells. I'm like, oh my god, how could I forget the Secret of Kells?
1: Seriously, how could you forget the Secret of Kells?
0: Good movie. Really uh, not the topic good. of today.
1: Yes, maybe another
0: time. <laughs> maybe another time, but um, so that that list is at four hundred sixty eight. So I think is a good conservative estimate for the true amount of films I've seen. Uh, this is in my top 10. Damn. So literally, in my opinion, this is one of my favorite top... This is in the top 2% of films. For this, it Not only is it in the top 10, it's almost in the top, maybe in the, even in the top 5. I haven't, like, ordered them recently. So yes, this could quite possibly be in the top 1% of films, in my subjective opinion.
1: I mean, still, coming from you, that's high praise.
0: Objectively, it's a good film. Subjectively, to me, it's one of the the best of all times. But, I believe we should uh, get into it then. Absolutely. So, Patama Inverted. uh, Terminally Overlooked movie. I wrote that down in my notes. Terminally Overlooked. Uh... Maybe maybe not so much nowadays. It seems to have uh, seems that a lot more people watched it. I discovered it from an AMV actually that someone made for it. Uh I think it was AMVX that channel. They made a Potima inverted AMV and I just found it when I started getting into AMVs. And I said, This movie looks good. I should watch it. So I did. And then like that very next day I drove over to your house, and I said, Okay, you need to watch this.
1: <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> and i was like uh, okay i mean i kind of made you watch uh your name i think yeah but
0: th- that's also a good movie though oh yeah
1: no your name also really good movie same inverted your name both really good movies we we but, like uh, we like forcing each other to watch really good movies
0: yeah it's like the best prank you can play on your friends <laughs> <laughs> but uh this, this movie was so underappreciated I suppose that they had to like kickstart the blu-ray in the United Kingdom like they had to have a Kickstarter to get a blu-ray release
1: yeah which I, I can't I still can't believe that that's a real thing <laughs> yeah like you you listed off several of the versions of the movie you you watched today yes and I was like wow I can't believe there was so much patsama in inverted content you, you know being kind of an ass. Yeah. And then you're like, I wish I could get my hands on the UK special deluxe edition. I was like, that's not a real thing. And lo and behold, it is very much a real thing.
0: It's very much a real thing, and it's currently headed to my house. And <laughs> either I unregion lock like my Blu-ray player, or I just order a region free Blu-ray player. Cause I cause it has the patama inverted inverted special cut. <laughs> where they flip the movie upside down. We should probably
1: explain the premise.
0: Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll get to that in just a little bit. I, it's it's in my notes. Okay. Uh, this came out in 2013, like around the same time as this other movie with a similar premise of like things like being inverted gravity and stuff called Upside Down. Uh, please never compare Upside Down and Potma Inverted. That is like the same in my presence. Uh, Upside down is a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> it has like a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. Uh, it made like a hundred thousand dollars at the box office from like a something million dollar budget.
1: Oh. Eef.
0: Yeah. No. It's it. It is awful. Fair enough. Uh, this is a good movie, <laughs> and it it started production. Like way before upside down ever did, they just happened to come out at the same time with a similar idea, I guess uh and this this is part of what would probably be like a ten episode i'm not we're not making a ten episode series on this, but like the difference of why animation is so important to continue as a medium compared to live action, the director straight up said. That he could never have made this film in live action. he's like three d no, never would have worked
1: yeah i I have to agree with that. I mean but, maybe uh, if you like poured money into it, but even then
0: if you poured way more, i mean they they made a upside it's not the same movie, but I mean that one flopped horribly, yeah, but uh the the production cast was so small that they like all worked in the same room. And I don't know if this is normal for, like, anime or not, but, like, the storyboards, when they were doing the storyboards, like, the, the director, who was also the writer and all that, he would, like, ha- he, like, he had the ideas in his head. He didn't quite know how to, how to do them on words, so he would, like, ex- try to explain it to the art director, who had his easel and his paints there, and he would paint the storyboard. For, like, half an hour, and then that would they would use that as a storyboard. Is that normal to, like, physically oil-paint storyboards for anime?
1: Uh, no, not usually. Most of the time it's just, like, pencil and, uh, like, thumbnail sketches.
0: Okay, well, they, they, they oil-painted the storyboard for this movie.
1: <laughs> that is insane. I mean, it makes total sense now. It's, like, duh.
0: Yeah. Uh, gorgeous film amazing Absolutely. cinematography Ugh. but now let's get into this all right so just have a, a nice amazing opening shot where so you got the you know you got your opening credits you know things are you know, it's scrolling up across the screen you know, up uh you know just introducing like you know the director and the archive and all that stuff and you just have like people talking in hurried voices in the background but then slowly the clouds start like melting upward and the buildings and the cityscape in the background start floating upwards <laughs> into the sky and you just hear like panic and screaming. And then just like smash, like, smash to the future. So basically what happened was at sol- in, in 2067, scientists were experimenting to try and use gravity to like manipulate gravity to produce like unlimited clean energy and they accidentally like broke gravity kind of <laughs> <laughs> they accidentally inverted the gravity the like, gravitational force is how they work on most of the people and objects on the surface of the earth which proceeded to float off into the sky and then everyone died Except for the few people who didn't have their gravity inverted. And the few people who managed to like you know hang on to something. <laughs> so the the scientists built an underground world. Where the inverted people could live and have like normal lives. Without flying off into space and dying. The, the movie picks up some some very far point in the future where there the world is now run by a fascist theocracy that teaches how the inverted people are sinners who were plucked from the earth by god it's i i'm not gonna it's it's an hour and a half movie so if i describe the plot to you like (laughs) it would take longer than the actual runtime of the movie so go watch the movie absolutely fantastic movie you can get it on, like, Amazon for, like, $3, like, a rental for, like, two days. Like, a DVD's $20. Bucks. Uh, but I will be talking about as how, so, whenever they want to, like, so you have your two main characters. on An- A.J. and Patama. Potama, you know, her name's in the movie. You know, one of the, you know, one, one of the, one of the invert people, one of the people from, from Aiga, the fascist country they're in. And whenever the perspective flips between one of them, they just rotate the entire camera because one of them has inverted gravity. And so, like, you'll they'll be like holding onto each other because so one of them don't go flying off into the void. AJ is slightly heavier than Batima. So he's able to keep her grounded. Or alternatively, if if she just has like a backpack with some stuff in it. She's now heavier than him, so she can ground him. Uh, so <laughs> it'll flip, and you'll just see, like, one of them's walking on the ceiling, flip, and now one of them's walking on the ground, and the other person's, you know, staring down into an endless void, afraid to let go, or they'll die.
1: This is not a movie for people who are afraid of heights.
0: This is not a movie for people who are afraid of heights. They were initially very concerned they would actually induce motion sickness in people in the theaters. They 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 took specific care to make sure that wouldn't happen, as best they could. That's good. <laughs> yeah the the cameras flipping around the the backgrounds the shots the cinematography the one scene like the first time they they truly like properly invert the gravity. Where you just see, like, they're both holding on to each other as the sun rises. And right as they meet that band of sunlight coming over, the camera rotates around as they're sailing through the sky. It's difficult to explain with words. Like, even the director, the guy who invented it, sort of said, <laughs> yeah, no, this is difficult to explain with words. Go. I cannot stress that enough. Go and watch this movie. Uh, I guess heavy, heavy spoilers. Heavy, heavy spoilers from this point out about the film uh heavy heavy spoilers cannot stress <laughs> that enough it's not even like the twist is that good it's just if you, you kind of need the twist well, you don't need the twist but you know just go in and watch the movie
1: <laughs> just go watch the movie like just go watch the movie it's like like he said it's an hour and a half long go watch it come back finish this episode
0: Yes. Alright, so the 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 twist is so like uh Ajay and Potma, you know, they and they they're about to be like murdered by the fascist the actors, so they just sort of like grab each other. Potma's attached to a weight, which because gravity's inverted, it acts as like a float, which would send her flying into the sky. So they just sort of grab each other and then go flying off together at a leisurely pace (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know they go flying off into the sky and they reach a layer where like the clouds are like half inverted half not inverted so they're like where two clouds are floating against each other and they just sail off through that and then they're sailing off into the stars and then they realize they're not stars (laughs) and they hit the ground and they realize that the entire time... Well, they realize the entire time they've been in the inverted world, actually. And that AJ is the one who's inverted. And all the people of the fascist theocracy are the ones that are inverted. You know, dun-dun-dun. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... It, it. They don't really hide it. Like, there there are very subtle things throughout it that more or less straight up say that that's how it, how it, how it be. But you know on your first watch through you might not catch it especially if you get completely engrossed in you know, it like i did and i just wasn't thinking at all of what was coming next but uh so they, they realize you know oh so we, we got the they're like oh they're like the everything's artificial like it's an artificial sun and moon and stars and everything just purely mechanical so then like they they grab a sort of hot air balloon device contraption that's explained if you watch the movie <laughs> and then they they, <laughs> then they, 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 they sail down and they end up, eventually after adventure, cracking through the, the 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 bottom of the world, which opens up into the sky. And now they're on the actual surface of the planet. Because the scientists, they also moved underground with the people they accidentally genocided. They felt quite bad. And then, I guess, dozens of generations later uh the sur- the survivors decided to get even or something i i don't i have no idea where uh they they got that flipped around haha <laughs> pun intended but <laughs> <laughs> like the numbering of the floors if you pay attention to the to the numbers on like the the building floors as like you go through like the hive city and all that the the numbers Get smaller as you go down. Like the top level has like the has like the 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 highest uh, like the highest not 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 highest like floor number like basement numbering, like you would number a basement. The the top layer has the high like the higher basement number, and then as you go down, so they they uh they they they're very they are they're somewhat subtle about it but the the, the evidence is all there
1: it's kind of like your name but they didn't really hide what was going on it was all there you just didn't notice
0: yes but uh couple couple very minor things uh like the- <laughs> There's, there's one very funny moment in the beginning where, like, Potima's hiding out in a shed because, you know, she can't walk out without falling into the sky. And Ajay's, like, walking away because he has to go to fascist school. And, like, the music is swelling. It's walking away. Like, the background's all pretty and stuff. And then it just stops because she's like, hey, uh, you're going to come back, right? Yeah. music starts again, walks again, Like, oh, uh, could you, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, okay, but whatever like starts leaving again and stops thinking she's like oh so could you bring me like a sandwich or something like, I'm hungry <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that do not really come ac- it's it's very subdued like Potima is is technically a princess that like almost never comes across in the in the movie uh, particularly because she insists on everyone just referred to her as just Potima not even like any, not even any like Japanese honorifics. Just Potima. Wow. She's a she's a very friendly person. Fair enough. But uh, it's it's a swashbuckling tale of adventure and excitement. In a post-apocalyptic dystopian world, which not 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 a not not particularly original, I guess, but. The pieces are put together so masterfully that it's just perfect absolutely amazing i am I'm, I'm trying not to just like lather this thing with praise give it a it's 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 a fantastic movie, but like don't, don't 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 think I'm trying to like hype it up i mean i am but
1: i mean by all means
0: it's such a such a good movie. Uh, it's it's I, I heard a lot of people complaining about how like the oh the romance between Poltima and Ajay like it doesn't have like chemistry. It's uh, it's, it's not a romance story. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I have to stress that like the, the director specifically like like made it deliberately ambiguous so that you could see it as romance if you wanted to, but it's really more of that like studio ghibli ah yes we have spiritually matured as people because we met each other and we've created a deep bond of trust sort of thing that makes sense yes like the it's beginning they have net they have net rocket launchers that they use to shoot weighted nets to capture inverted people for like sticking in glass jars and poking uh (laughs) I'm not joking. Like, they, they have a dude preserved in formaldehyde in a glass jar.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That was really fucked up.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the leader of the fascist dude is, like, weirdly obsessed with Potma. Like, he likes to, like, dangle her over, like, the edge so that he can taunt her with, like, Yes, I could let go at any moment. Ah, the way she clings in fear. it It excites me. He is so messed up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that impression you did was very creepy. <laughs> like super creepy. He's a creepy dude. Yeah, I know.
0: But uh, What I was I going on about? Oh yeah, so like the net guns, so, like in the beginning, you know, Paatma and Ajay are trying to escape from the, the 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 Gestapo, which are wearing like funky gas masks that have glowing red eyes and you like batons and stun batons and stuff and they have net rocket launchers they shoot them with a net rocket launcher but because they're not like holding on to each other tightly they just knocks her out of his hand then into the net then at, towards the end of the film you know they do it again but because they're grasping on to each other you know quite quite tightly it doesn't uh, you can't capture them they They establish a very deep bond of trust it's, it's nice, but uh such a they use Esperanto in this movie, like the beginning when the people are talking, they're talking in Esperanto, and then the ending songs in Esperanto,
1: oh yeah, that's right. You mentioned that a while back,
0: <laughs> yes, when
1: you were like in the middle of learning Esperanto. Because
0: I, I, I had discovered Esperanto at some point, like, way in the past, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like it'd be fun to learn, just to screw with people. And then, uh, you know, I watched Bottom Inverted, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and basically it made me remember, oh, yeah, like, I sort of intended to learn Esperanto at one point, so that made me, made me get off my ass and actually go and try and learn Esperanto. And it's going okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing somewhat. Okay, it's not that it's a hard language to learn. It's just that I'm a very lazy person. This is true. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> uses uses Esperanto in the in the in like the the staff commentary, like the the voice, the VA people. They're talking about how like the opening was in Esperanto. And and the the voice of Potma, she just goes like, "Yeah, I had no idea what this was." I'm like, "What language are they speaking?" So she goes Esperanto. So someone else says, "You mean the language that doesn't exist?"
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, oof.
0: <laughs> yeah, just and and the use of Esperanto kinda uh fly kind of segues into my second point about this as, and that one of the reasons why i like uh Potipa inverted way way more than i probably should is that it heavily reminds me of uh the golden age of science fiction those those types of stories from like the the later edge the later the late <laughs> the later half of the golden age of science fiction so I just kind of want to talk about that for oh, a bit. Absolutely. Uh, so the golden age of science fiction it's kind of it's one of those things where it's not like a it's not a style, it's like an era. So there's no real mold, but they all sort of are following similar ideas. Cuz the golden age of science fiction science fiction is divided depending on who you ask into like 3, 4 ages distinctive ages like you had the radium age which was the first one which is like starting like the 1890s when everyone like radium was doing exciting and they'd like paint it on people's bodies for fun
1: oh yeah the time with all the cancer
0: (laughs) yeah the radium age then that led into the the eventual golden age of science fiction which there's significant debate as to when that starts and begins because it's not like science fiction as a whole kind of doesn't get a ton of serious literary analysis it's it's seen as more of a mass market type deal yeah but uh so there's this but so roughly how I how I put it some people say like 1938 to 1946 i'm like hell no because if you ended at 1946, you're leaving off a bunch of Heinlein's like later, like middle works, like and you can't have the golden age of science fiction without Robert A. Heinlein, and Isaac Asimov, and Rotten Gerald uh, Dean Foster. You, you can't have it. Yeah. So I ended in 1959, which is the same year that Starship Troopers came out because Starship Troopers is when. Robert A. Heinlein uh, switched styles very drastically. Really? Yes. And so the, the golden age of science fiction. I'll, I'll get back to that. Put a pin in that. And then you got uh new wave science fiction, which came afterwards, which was very much a product of, you know, the societal changes going on in the 60s and 70s. Uh, kind of ended in the 70s. Some say it went on to the 80s. And then, like, the 1980s to, like, the early aughts was what some people call the Diamond Age of science fiction. Really? And after that, yeah, and after that, you kind of, <laughs> science fiction kind of, like, becomes extremely hard to classify.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true of a lot of times when you get way too close to the present.
0: Yeah, there, there there's not a lot of distinction in modern science fiction. It's It's branched off in so many ways.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm uh, sure in a couple of decades we'll be able to look back and say, "Oh, the twenty twenty tens, twenty twenties was this was kind of like the gist of science fiction."
0: Yeah, maybe. Because I mean, uh, I have
1: to imagine there's a lot of stuff, a lot of like stuff we don't talk about now from the Golden Age and New Age and all that. Was it New Age or New Wave? New Wave. New Wave. Um, that we don't talk about anymore. Because it's just yeah. it was just like mass market random bullshit.
0: I read a lot of golden age science fiction and a lot of early new wave science fiction. Uh that that was years and years ago, but it it's always held a close place in my heart because going back to that pin, Golden Age of Science Fi, it had its basis in pulp adventure novels yeah this is where we get space opera from <laughs> like the idea of science fiction being a space opera or the idea you know swashbuckling space adventure with people you know having epic sword duels on the moons of venus and you know alien invasion of the outer colonies it's defended by a guy with his atomic rifle that shoots explosive atomic bullets <laughs> i'm not entirely joking about that last one I, there is a distinct passage from an old sci-fi book i remember which the guy talks about how great his .20 caliber atom rifle is because can punch straight through a starship hull but that that pulp adventure the swashbuckling it pulp is not a bad thing i feel like I, sh- I should say that people use it as like a derogatory term they do they do they do that's, it so much
1: that's that's really weird because every time i've heard pulp talked about it. it's always it, okay that might be because i follow a lot of people who also enjoy pulpy novels and stuff like the swashbuckling type of adventures which is also something i very much enjoy
0: yes because because pulp it's like oh it's mass market it's for the masses it's meant to be enjoyed <laughs> But uh, this is when Heinlein wrote a lot of his, what they call the, his, his juvenile novels, which usually feature a teenage protagonist, like, 14 to 18. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, you know, part coming of age story, part swashbuckling space adventurer. Like, Have Spacesuit Will Travel, Farmer in the Sky, that's Heinlein of this era. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, have, uh, Farmer in the Sky was literally serialized in the Boy Scouts magazine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting,
0: but yeah, it's that. I I think the the best way to define it is some. This is not something I came up with, but golden age of science. Five, if it the golden age of sci-fi is determined is not determined. It's defined by being po- the sense of scientific achievement and the sense of wonder, the the idea that science can produce. Incredible things, not necessarily good things, but incredible things. And you know, the sense of wonder, of discovery, of adventure. You know, it's not uh, you know the matrix where it's like, oh you know, we're all plugged into machines and the world's dirty and destroyed. No, no, no used future in this one, no. Everything's sleek, there's hope, things are gonna be great. And there's going to be sword fights on the moons of Venus.
1: I kind of want to have a sword fight on on a moon of Venus.
0: I don't think Venus has moons. You know,
1: I don't think they do. I don't think it does either. I'd have to go double check. I know Mars has moons. Let's go fight on the moons of Mars.
0: Let's go fight on the moons of Mars.
1: We'll jump from one to the other. Clashing swords as we do so.
0: But yeah, the golden age of sci-fi. I say 1935 because that's when Isaac Asimov started getting published in, like, science fiction magazines. Uh, so, you know, Isaac Asimov. Like, it begins with Isaac Asimov and it ends with Robert A. Heinlein. Uh, this, it also kind of ends because at the same time, Asimov started moving towards writing non-fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, knock on the guy, but yeah, he started writing non-fiction.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: So that's that's another good way to say that you know the golden age was dead
1: the greats had moved on from it like they were no longer dealing with that subject matter anymore
0: at least at least Heinlein was still doing uh like he did sci-fi till the end of his days yeah he Heinlein lived and breathed science fiction it's just that with starship troopers everything completely changed really it it went from like the 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 young adventure novels to, uh, you I mean Starship Troopers, a guy, uh, well, funnily enough, the guy Robert A. Heinlein, who's sometimes credited with helping to start the hippie movement. He did not like hippies. <laughs> the dude, the dude believed in free love and recreational drugs, and he was a nudist, but he hated hippies. <laughs>
1: That doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> he he didn't he didn't like what hippies had become, I guess. Oh. He was an old hippie.
1: <laughs> oh, he was he he didn't like like the yuppies. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Uh that makes sense. You know, it's about a dude who joins the space army to go and fight uh, a bunch of space insects in power armors. Robert A. Heinlein technically didn't invent it, like there was a much earlier, I believe in 1934, a guy mentioned like the idea of like a powered suit of armor. But for all intents and purposes, Robert A. Heinlein invented and codified the concept of power armor, like just the idea of a of a modern knight in armor, huh. with, like space age. In a suit of armor that a guy can leap entire buildings and it shoots atomic rockets and it's completely bulletproof.
1: So, what you're saying is we have Heinlein to blame for GW's Primaris releases. I guess. <laughs> that is a very specific fandom joke and I don't expect anyone to get it.
0: <laughs> I didn't even get it. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, Games Workshop.
1: Yes, Games Workshop. <laughs> Warhammer 40K. I get it now. Yeah.
0: Space Marines. But, uh, sp- he, he, he 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 basically invent he basically invented Space Marines. The mobile infantry. They they put themselves in power armor. They climb into a metal ball and they shoot themselves out of a can at the planet's surface.
1: Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> but uh
1: So so anyways, then later on
0: he wrote uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. That's the one that's credited with starting the hippie movement. That's about a dude who, Wait, like. I remember
1: this one. Uh, yeah, he
0: gets, like, kidnapped by Martians and raised on Mars to have psychic powers and goes around convincing people of the merits he, of free love.
1: Yeah, he, he, he forms a. Uh, it A polyamorous sex cult or something? Yeah. Based around (laughs) enlightenment. (laughs) Yeah. I I remember because OSP did a, did a uh, classics summarized video on it. And it was hilarious. Yeah, that was,
0: that was Heinlein. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then he also did the moon is a harsh mistress in which there's a matriarchical society on the moon of prisoners that rebels against the evil, corrupt earth based government. So they can go off with doing moon stuff, probably a bunch of involving a lot of free love.
1: <laughs> but not gay free love.
0: I don't know. Heinlein was uh was 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 pretty open minded about stuff.
1: Uh, I mean <laughs> I according to It was
0: the fifties, but
1: <laughs> All I'm saying is according to well, at least according to the OSP summary of a stranger in a strange land he he did not like gay people or at least not gay dudes he's fine with gay women though i wonder why <laughs> Hmm. i'm rubbing my chin right now <laughs> in any but, case
0: uh, <laughs> yeah the the golden Heinlein. age of, of science yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna move off Heinlein for now but uh yeah robert a Heinlein. i mean he's one of the three uh, it was Alan Dean Foster. I, I, I think I'm, I've said that guy's name three different ways. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is, in fact, Al, in fact, Alan Dean Foster. Yes, it's uh, Alan Dean Foster. But Alan Dean Foster, <laughs> Isaac Asimov. And Robert, A. Uh, Robert Heinlein. And I don't even think I don't even think Foster was like inactive until like the like sixties seventies. He was not part of the the golden age, but he very much had the golden age spirit in him.
1: Ah, makes sense.
0: But yeah, the the golden age is just tr- dear to my heart. When you have you know. <laughs> Just, it's whimsical. It's fun. It's remember fun.
1: No, coronavirus killed it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's 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 science fiction like the new wave. It's like oh you know science fiction. We have to we can't go on about outer space anymore. That's boring. You know we have to talk about extremely serious issues on Earth. It's just. <laughs> i miss the sword fights
1: (laughs) i mean no reason you can't have you can't like say something profound about a serious problem on earth and also have sword fights
0: i I miss sword fights i miss i miss people using psychic dogs to dig up like holes to fight aliens I'm that. that uh, that's actually that's a thing. Incidentally, that's I'm not joking. That was a real that thing. That, that 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 Starship Troopers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Starship Starship Troopers may more or less mark the end of the Golden Age, but Heinlein, Heinlein, Heinlein changed. He didn't change that much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was still really weird.
0: Yeah, it's people using psychic dogs to fight alien insects.
1: I don't think that was in the movie.
0: <laughs> no, the movies the movies absolutely nothing. the. the the guy who I think it was Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Uh, I think he said he's the guy who did Demolition Man. Makes sense. But uh he, he he said he read the first two chapters of Star Trek and gave up because it was too boring for him. Like, I'm sorry, Paul Verhoeven, that you have the attention span of a gnat. He literally had someone like give read him the cliff notes. And then basically decided, oh that 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 that's all boring. I'm gonna make it my own thing. They literally only attached the name of the book on there for, like, to try and get people to go and watch it and spend money. Fair enough. It was originally called Bug Hunt at Outpost 9.
1: Huh. Okay.
0: But yeah, g- g- getting off Heinlein hi- so we, we we, we, again.
1: We have been really off topic. <laughs> uh,
0: Golden Age of Sci-Fi. Nightfall. That's another thing I really wanted to bring up. Nightfall. The Isaac... I bl- yeah, I'm 99% sure that's Isaac Asimov.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Nightfall. Kinda, yeah, it is, that is Asimov. It reminds me a little bit of Fatima Inverted because you have, like, society. They're on a completely different planet. It's not Earth. There's no explanation for why there's there's people on a planet that isn't Earth. Other than the fact that science fiction, why not? Fair enough. Uh, they're on a planet that has 16 suns. Ugh. <laughs> yes.
1: That sounds awful.
0: It's perpetual daylight. So perpetual that there are no shadows. Like, people understand the concept of the dark, but, like, they don't truly understand the concept of the dark. And then like the like the scientists, they come to the realization that like a once every like thousand year event is going to happen where there will basically be an eclipse that will block out all light and cause the, the, the and will bring something that the ancients referred to as night to the planet. You know, the, the nightfall. The night will fall. Like, oh my god. It talks about how, like, not the nightfall destroyed all civilization on the planet. Like, it's some horrific, uh, cataclysmic event. And so, they're, like, they're holding experiments to try and figure out. This is a short story by Asimov, by the way. So, it's yeah. not it's not a huge thing. They're holding experiments. Like They have a guy go into a dark, completely sealed, like, metal ball with, like, LED lights put into it. Uh, Cause like apparently like you see little lights at, at, during the nightfall, little nights in the sky, but they don't know what they are, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we didn't go insane. We don't know what 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 it could be, and so they're like they're like reading through hieroglyphics, like you know the the nightfall, like there's there's points in the sky that drive people insane, and then, like they're like they come to the conclusion like, wait a minute, those nights in the sky, what if they're suns? We have sixteen. What if there's more than sixteen suns in the entire universe? And if they're really far away, you can you'll see them as just points of light in the sky. So they, they, they like do like math, and they come to the conclusion like the universe is actually like a thousand miles across. My God, that's huge. And then nightfall comes, and they they see like billions of stars in the night sky, and, they, and the realization is that people go insane. Not from the darkness, not from the stars, but from realizing just how small they are in the universe. And just how vast and how much is out there. It kind of reminded me of that, Fatima Inverted. <laughs> just like the, the, the society that doesn't know the truth, the truth of the world. I think that that's actually something they mentioned in the, the commentary of Fatima Inverted. How the guy, when he saw the light coming, like from the actual real sun, like the fascist evil guy, he couldn't he he was finally exposed to the truth of the world and he couldn't believe it.
1: The sun finally shone on him.
0: Yes. And he had a kind of breakdown. <laughs> I wanna say poor guy, but he kinda deserved what he got. Hell yeah, no, he he was an asshole.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He was a fucking he asshole. He got what's coming to him. Absolutely.
0: But just science fiction it's it's such a wonderful thing (laughs) i mean personally
1: it's been very enjoyable listening to you just go on about the wonder and fantasticity i guess of the golden age i
0: guess i'll finish up my rant on the golden age real quick um isaac asimov said that science fiction i'm paraphrasing him was you know it's it's incredibly underappreciated but the core of it is allowing people to create metaphors for the human condition you know it's it's about it enables us to discover and to explore things you know without being held back by the ideals of reality and keeping things real and then uh back to Heinlein uh he believed truly that part of his duty as a science fiction author was to inspire people to create the sort of technology they read about, like he he that that's what he thought was part of his like grand purpose in life. He he was one of the first people to get it received like a carotid bypass surgery. He believed that science fiction saved his life by convincing people to strive for discovery and innovation. I'll right, let, let me climb off my soapbox now.
1: I don't really have any witty remarks. <laughs> I, I.
0: <sighs> it's not that I stopped loving sci-fi. It's just that it's science fiction is not what it was, and I'm not saying that in a bad way either. There is there is still masterful science fiction being made today. Uh, Stargate SG One well that's not made today but <laughs>
1: Rel- relatively recently
0: relatively recently i watched all 10 seasons the movie and then the two other like spin-off movies plus stargate Atlantis and then i'm i'm going to go back and finish stargate universe despite how bad stargate universe is i'm going to go back and finish it because stargate is near and dear to my heart science i love science fiction it's just that I, I don't know. I, I feel like modern science fiction... People are struggling to make modern science fiction... I guess this is where we go back to, like, what will this era be defined as in the future? What is the science fiction of today? What is it all mostly trending like? And I just don't think there is one that I, I mean, can notice.
1: One thing that I would maybe point out... um is possibly a desire to ground science fiction, like to bring it down to reality, to take it out of the heavens and make it basically make science fiction stories that are set five minutes into the future. I I, I guess that are like, theoretically possible for us to accomplish rather than the the lofty um imaginative uh which we call it visions of the past
0: I, I guess you're kind of right
1: this uh this episode got a little heavy <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, 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 uh, science fiction that's what Potima inverted is to me it is wonderful, whimsical adventure science fiction. There, 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 there There's wonder and there's just, a, there's, there's a beauty there. Just like them looking out onto the world when they finally get to the surface. And they actually cut these lines from the original. I'm going to be paraphrasing as best I can. But just like, they're just looking out over the overgrown forest that has become the surface after it was abandoned it's just like there's they're talking about how there's so much to discover and how they're gonna try and see it all (laughs) that is that is where that is where Padma inverted sits in my heart for me just it is an amazing it's amazingly made film in a genre and of a type in that genre, that I that I very much enjoy. And I guess that's uh, I guess that's all I really have to say about it.
1: Yeah, that's. Oh, you know, because I uh... cause I know I haven't read a lot of like old science fiction stories. I'm a lot more of a visual uh, enjoyer of that kind of, of well, anything, really. But this has all been, I don't know whether to say fascinating or really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, any I, subject I feel described by someone who's very passionate about it would be you know sound super fast like i'm sure if you did a deep dive or well i guess when you do a deep dive into (laughs) sympho lore
1: (laughs) no i will sound like a fucking crazy person when i do that (laughs) and it is absolutely appropriate that i sound like a fucking crazy person when i do that
0: but But, it's just
1: but yeah it's just because i mean this whole time i've kind of i've kind of had it in the back of my head like uh, oh let's talk about uh, the things that didn't work in the movie but i'm like after after the after all that and we just (laughs) talked about i i don't want i don't i don't want to
0: yeah i don't even care yeah
1: that was amazing
0: (laughs) for me you can forgive basically any flaw from it because it it scratches an itch that hasn't been scratched in so long but yeah, there's not much more I can say about it. Like, if you want me to like nitpick the nitty gritty, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, mean the art. The art's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the only complaints we had when we watched it the first time, like one, uh, gravity. When they go floating into the sky, gravity doesn't really work that way. Like, yeah, they go that's... really slow the whole time, and gravity is an acceleration force. Yes. It doesn't matter because it's 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 such a beautiful. I mean, that scene itself is beautiful.
0: Yes. Um, absolutely. And then, and,
1: I think the only, like, other major complaint is that the the female classmates of Age doesn't really do anything.
0: Yeah. She, uh, she, the novelization, which I, they, they don't, like, it's not, like, available in, like, English, I believe. Of course. Uh, as, as always. You <laughs> it's very difficult to get your hands on of inverted content. But uh the, the the novelization goes into basically she exists solely to show that like the, the it's not like Ajay's the only person in this fascist dystopia that's ever wondered like what if we weren't in a fascist dystopia? <laughs> She's basically just a stand-in for everyone else in that, yes, people are genuinely people in this world. It's just Ajay's too stubborn-minded to just keep his head down literally <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> and i think well this might not be like a complaint we had but something we noticed is that it, it kind of felt like a entire one core anime that was condensed into a single single yes, arc
0: it is quite fast and that would have been a complaint originally for me but now when I, when I when i when i looked back you know and truly thought about how i felt about this movie i realized that that's part of its pulp adventureness. like if you were reading like a, like a chapter a week and it was just like it had to like go lightning fast in a magazine where you know you're they you got to keep the word count down because if you make it too verbose the magazine will reject it <sighs> so it goes fast but
1: but it's, it it it's, doesn't it, overstay it kinda, its welcome. Yeah, it, but like going fast, like you just said, it kind of lends to that pulpy golden age feel it has.
0: Yes. And this is coming from a guy who enjoys long movies. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of my favorite movies is two and a half hours, almost three hours.
1: Goddamn.
0: Yeah, I, I I like long movies. Uh, Short movies, they do it for me too.
1: And when they do it for you, they really do it for you. yes, but uh yeah, <laughs> I
0: think I said but uh yeah, uh, a lot of times episode, but uh yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that's all I can really say about Ottoman version about science fiction in general uh yeah I knew I didn't want to just rant for an hour and a half well not rant, I guess gush for an hour and a half about this movie. So that's why I kind of spent, I guess, a little bit of time, like half my time talking about the movie itself and then use it as a segue to talk about what this movie means to me and why. So this is... That was,
1: it was a good segue.
0: This is the first time we've done a movie, I believe, actually.
1: Uh, yes, I think so.
0: So I f- kind of uh, figured I ought to, I I to try something new. Yeah. So let us know how it worked. You, <sighs> yeah, seriously. If you, if you thought this, this format was good. If you... Yeah want some more speaking from the heart. Now, you know, I, I had to reach deep down to a scary place for these emotions.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: But uh but, go ahead yeah. and let us know on our Discord.
1: Yeah. Discord.
0: <laughs> yeah. You thought you were getting by in an episode without a without a Discord role, a little Discord ad? Nah.
1: Nah. Fucking native <laughs> this time. Ah. Uh. And of course, follow us on Twitter to find out whenever new episodes come out, or to do send us a quick hey, like hey, this was good, or hey, this was shit.
0: <laughs> or hey, what is what what does science fiction mean to y'all? Do y'all like sci-fi? Do y'all not like sci-fi? Do you think I'm being completely pretentious, which I am, <laughs> but I mean, someone has to be.
1: Hey, let us know on the Discord. <laughs>
0: Let us know, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, until next week, uh, I have been Eli.
1: And I have been Lilith.
0: And yeah, we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.